Imagine not knowing what your income would be each week. Financial planning would be a nightmare. Almost 90% of Vision's income is free will donations. When supporters commit to monthly giving, it provides greater certainty when budgeting for regular expenses and weighing up new opportunities that arise. Knowing we can rely on regular gifts each month takes some of the guesswork out of operating a faith ministry. Monthly givers who share our mission are called Visionary Extra Mile Partners. And right now, you're invited to join this growing group of faithful supporters. The amount of your tax-deductible monthly gift is completely up to you. What is most important is knowing that you are standing with us to reach Australia for the gospel. Click the banner at vision.org.au or in the Vision app to find out more about becoming a Visionary Extra Mile Partner. It only takes a few minutes, but will have an eternal impact. Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. As you know, there's lots and lots of Aussies who are interested in spiritual things. In fact, Australians are quite spiritual people, but fewer and fewer have a desire to visit a church. Now, we often feel as though somehow or other we're inadequate or under-equipped to bridge the gap between where our friends are and where we'd like them to be as followers of Jesus. So we're going to talk today about what is a coaching community that intentionally prays, loves, cares, and shares Jesus with their non-churched friends, family, and colleagues. Ryan Shering and his wife Serena head up what's called My Friends, their training organization. It's a national training organization. It's part of Power to Change's church church movements team. Let's talk through some of these things and introduce our special guest. Ryan Shering is joining us. Hello, Ryan. Welcome along to 2020. Oh, g'day, Neil. It's nice to be called a special guest. You are a special guest. In fact, uh, <laughs> I have lots of special guests, but I don't want you to think that in any way you're not special because uh, I tell you, uh, you are to be honoured because you're leading a fabulous uh, strategy here in helping people to be able to become equipped to share Jesus with their fellow friends, family, colleagues. Uh, it's an outstanding thing that you're doing, Ryan. And you it's you and your wife that are heading up my friends. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, no, it's a great honour. And um just love the heart of God for our families and friends and communities around us. So, yeah, it's a privilege for us to be on the journey with him as he as he does this. And yes, me and my beautiful wife, our three kids, we're uh, we're going after uh, God's heart for our nation and communities, and um, learning along the way. <laughs> How long is it now you've been involved with Power to Change? Because I want to talk about this organisation. But uh, mm. what's what's your history with Power to Change? Well, it's interesting. We joined up four years ago. Power to Change is, uh, is kind of a mission tribe that's fully committed to fulfilling the Great Commission and serving and equipping churches to do that and seeing that happen in communities. Um, we we kind of our backstory was we were youth and young adult pastors at a local church, engaged in uh, a lot of different kind of local ministries, and then we're engaged in high school ministries. And we were just at a, a point in our life looking at where next and as we were looking at different mission tribes, because that's where God's kind of heart was leading us, we um, we realised, you know, that power to change had been in our story for about 15 years through a few key people that helped us to start to think 
What does it look like to live like Jesus and build disciple-making movements like Jesus? And so they'd already fed into our kind of local church ministry and then kind of broader schools ministry and street uh, mission sort of things we're engaged with. So it became a real natural alignment for um, kind of their heart, our heart, and, and what we felt God was saying for us to be a part of. So, um, yeah, I'd say four years officially, but uh, the backstory's there for quite a few more. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Power to Change for a moment because a lot of listeners might not be so familiar with that name, but they'll be familiar with lots of the ministries that all came under that umbrella, Power to Change, just a couple of years back. Uh, used to be known as Campus Crusade for Christ. And how's that transition been from your perspective? Well, it's interesting because I came in at the point of transition, so you might have known Campus Crusade for Christ. They had Student Life, which is uh, the campus ministry and helping people to uh, bring change and release disciple-making on the campuses. They had Family Life, where they were doing that across families and helping marriages get strong with Jesus. Uh, And then they've got the youth kind of ministry arm, doing the same kind of disciple-making across high schools and all sorts of things. Um, The media arm, there's a lot of different sort of arms that were all under this banner. And we came in at a transition point where because uh, everyone was engaged in these different kind of spheres of uh, life and ministry, a lot of people didn't realise it's all one mission tribe. And so uh, Alan uh, Gibson, our national director's kind of role, was to pull that together and, and put it onto one name. And so around kind of, I think, last year, we officially became Power to Change uh, so that each of these kind of different facets of ministry uh, all feed into each other and people can realise we're uh, one tribe looking to, uh, you know, serve the kingdom uh, together. So uh, our arms, church movements, that was only a whole new kind of arm that we became a part of four years ago. And we'll need to explore a little bit of that too about church movements, but for listeners uh, who are thinking, where does this organisation fit in the context of what happens around the world? Mm. And uh, you might be familiar with this, Ryan, but as I understand it, uh, the campus ministry uh, that is Campus Crusade for Christ and Power to Change here in Australia, uh, you're a part of the biggest mission mobilization in the whole world. Uh, do you think of uh, your involvement in Power to Change as being a part of that? Because uh, Campus Crusade for Christ, as I understand it, more than 25,000 staff worldwide. It is huge, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing, actually. I... Uh yeah, it's funny when you're engaged in your kind of local nation and then community, sometimes you, you got to step back and just realize, wow, there's, uh, there's people all over the world, you know, that are a part of this expression of the kingdom, this mission tribe and, um, and all living, uh, by faith and going after the heart of God in, in lots of various ways. And, uh, and the history is quite amazing. Like Bill and, uh, Yvette Bright, who kind of formed it, they, they just had such a conviction first to give themselves wholly to God and say, you know, everything we are and everything we're not belongs to you. And then out of that came this dream or vision, I suppose, God gave them that if you reach the campus, you could reach the world. And so that's where it was birthed 50 odd years ago in, in America. And then it kind of went out from there all over the world. Uh, and then obviously different expressions of, um, at different stages of life rose up uh, beyond the campus. Uh, so, yeah, it's pretty amazing to uh, just to be part of something that God's already been at work in for so long, and um, it's a real honour. 
Uh, wonderful to set the context here because we are going to talk about my friends today, which is what you and your wife Serena are heading up. Uh, but to know the context, uh, there is a foundation here that brings you into uh, under this umbrella movement, which really is uh, the biggest mission mobilization organization in the world, 25,000 staff worldwide. Let's come to this My Friends uh, movement that you're leading. Uh, give us an in a nutshell insight into what it all means and what you want people to to do with this and because uh, I'm we'll have to unpack some things here but what is my friends yeah. all about well basically uh it's helping your friends uh experience Jesus and discover his story where they are a friends family uh, that that you already know in different spaces of your life who don't know Jesus and they're very unlikely to connect to church you probably invited them but they probably haven't come Hopefully they do, but, but often uh, they don't. So how do we help uh, these groups that, that we're already engaged in, uh, in different spaces of our life, how do we help them actually experience the living Jesus and connect around his story and get to know him and, um, and do that as communities? And so that's kind of, uh, we've kind of, I guess, got something that's, it's just something that's Jesus' lifestyle expressed for everyday people to live out so they can see that happen. Um, that's the heart of God, you know, that our friends and family know Jesus. And so what you're doing with this whole movement now is like a coaching of people so that they can have, in some sense, I imagine a transformation of what they might be doing now that's not seeing their success when it comes to their own personal witness and discipleship and actually doing some things perhaps a little bit differently so that they can see some real fruit from their lives as their followers of Christ. Is that a fair enough way to talk about the sort of things that you're talking about? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. Um, I think sometimes we, we, we feel like we've got to be someone extra special to be able to share Jesus and can be quite scary to think, oh, I've got to know the gospel, I've got to know my story, and then, oh, am I doing it right? And all those things come in, which you know, some might be your own insecurity or some of the devil's lies in there which hold you back. But, but I guess looking at Jesus' life and looking at you know, what's the, the simple way that we can live that just naturally opens that. And if I could summarize it, it kind of just points it down to being super intentional about the places and people that God's put you around um, with people that don't know him, and then just being available to the Holy Spirit as he draws people to Jesus and, and being able to help share your experiences of Jesus with them and um, in a very natural way. And it's, so it's, it's not really, we try and avoid it being something that's a program. That's why we've made it more. It's about coaching. It's about learning in communities um, how to really engage around a lifestyle that, that helps people connect with Jesus. Um, that's kind of a part of our heartbeat. And when you're on your own, Ryan, you can have this sort of feeling of being isolated and mm. wondering if anybody else has got this idea about sharing Jesus and what difference that makes in people's lives. Uh, but you uh, and listeners will have heard you talking about a sort of a tribalism, a mission tribe. How significant is it when you know you are a part of a bigger tribe, uh, that you're not on your own, that you're not isolated, you're not the only one who feels the way that you do, uh, that there is such an encouragement in the tribal uh, setting that you might find yourself in now to be someone who is a carrier of this message of reconciliation, a carrier of the gospel, someone who wants to see friends, family, work colleagues transformed. Mm. What's this tribal thing? What's so powerful about that? 
Well, I think ultimately it hits us, you know, like the things inside of our souls. We weren't created to be alone. Uh, we weren't reborn to be alone in this mission. We're born to be together, uh, you know, on mission as family with Jesus. Uh, so people can be drawn back into his family. And I feel like uh, it's part of who we are. And, I, and it's funny in a way that we kind of disconnect when we think of sharing faith. Uh, sometimes we do feel so alone when really it, it happens most naturally out of community. Um, and that's kind of part of what we've found as we've explored my friends the last year and a half as we gather communities who are reshaping around kind of just what's God's heart for the friends, family, people that don't know him. And they start praying for each other and for each other's friends and engaging around the heartbeat of God as, as Jesus is at work and the Holy Spirit's drawing people to Jesus around them. And it just creates movement and it creates uh, this sense of uh, togetherness because it's part of what we were born for, you know what I mean? Uh, we've got this friendship and family we can be a part of, but we're also the expression of that is is to see others be a part of that. And I think that's part of why it, uh, it creates its own momentum because it's just you're already naturally in communities, but just living that out around the heartbeat of God. Um, does that make sense? It does. And when you've got individuals who could feel isolated, but then they are a part of a community, and supposing mm. just, for example, we're talking about a youth group, uh, yeah. sometimes the group doesn't necessarily have the sort of focus that I think you're wanting to encourage. So while you've got individuals, you've also got groups, and you're mm. wanting to work not only with individuals, but with groups to actually get a direction happening which helps people to be able to share faith. Uh, what, is mm. it, what, what happens when you're, when you're working with groups, say, say youth groups that are, you know, sometimes in churches you've got youth groups that they're a little bit fragmented. Uh, mm. Sometimes there's a, a little bit of lack of of uh, maturity and leadership that's happening in there. Other times mm. they're fabulous. But but what do you do when you're working with groups and say youth groups, for example? Yeah, well, say uh, say youth groups. So really, um, we we biggest learned last year that we had as we reflected on a few different groups we were running, and it was across kind of youth, young adults, uh, some of the older generations, a whole mix, a whole spectrum of people going. Well, let's kind of live this way and see what Jesus does. Um, was that those that engaged in it uh, as individuals who became a community, it seemed it was helpful, but it wasn't as natural as it was for those that were already a community, a small group of you know, one to five friends gathered who are just, they're already friends, so you're not having to form new friendships and new patterns of life. They're already engaging, but they just refocus what they're living out and around, around the heart of God and how that looks practically in everyday life, being really intentional, available. And, and that seemed to kind of have the most uh, effect, particularly uh, one of our young adult kind of more youth-based groups went through it uh, as a community uh, from Melbourne. And, and they just, uh, they are literally uh, transformed uh, their life and are more just intentional where they are. They're praying more. They're engaged with what God's doing. A couple of them have seen people get saved, and a couple of them have seen some groups formed around Jesus, one at workplace, one in uh, in their kind of circle of friendships from long-term friendships. So it's that sort of thing where I think when you're in community, you can't, it's, you can't escape it. It kind of builds on itself, and, and you're excited because you're hearing stories, and it inspires your faith to go, wow, if that happens for them then surely that can happen for me. And that, that's why I think it's, it's really helpful to do it in community. And if you're already in a pre-existing community, then 
it can be something even more powerful. What I think I can hear you saying, and interested to hear from listeners, you might like to be part of our conversation today, 1-800-316-316. You can have all sorts of good strategies. You can have all sorts of good programs and all sorts of good plans. Mm. But your strategy appears to me uh, that you're saying, live this way and see what Jesus does. Uh, you're allowing their room for God to come and bring, uh, bring uh, his life into the formation of a new group with a new direction. Is that a fair yeah. enough way of saying it? Because, you know, sometimes we're, uh, we're more interested in uh, bringing our human strategy to the whole thing, but mm. living this way and seeing what Jesus does actually creates uh, a real opportunity for God to move. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really one of our convictions is there's a lot of great programs out there um, and initially I, I heard of my friends and I wasn't even going to go on the journey because I thought oh, it's another program. And there's some great programs, but, but if we want to see uh, kind of lifestyle change and communities change, one, one of my pastor mates said this, he said, you know, we always look to change behavior and often, you know, programs can do that. But if we want to change kind of lifestyle, then we need our values reshaped, which will change our behavior, which will then shape our culture and our community. And I just, I love that because it's like the question really is, well, what are the values that Jesus lived out? Um, you know, how does the Holy Spirit work in, in that context as people are drawn to Jesus and engage around God's word um, and live that out in a way where it, it can become whatever it, it is going to become as people respond? So, you know, like I said, some groups form in a workplace, some groups are formed, you know, in homes, other places are on the beach and usually with people that don't yet know Jesus but they're gathering around uh, their experience of him or the stories they've heard and they're resharing them. That sort of thing is where it's just, it's organic and natural more than uh, maybe more of a kind of often programmed approach. So, yeah, that's something we try and, I guess, fan that flame as it grows. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Ryan Shering is our guest. He heads up My Friends, he and his wife Serena. Uh, they're doing some training with My Friends. It's a part of Power to Change's church movements team. Might be the first time you've ever heard of Power to Change. Well, you will be familiar with lots of their ministries. There are some websites, powertochange.org.au, also movementbuilders.com.au. Ryan, as we talk through this sort of thing with uh, 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 the dimensions we're talking about with My friends how does this work mm. practically uh, what sort of people uh, are you able to identify you've got a story or two to tell what sort of mm. change has been happening in people's lives as they've got these sort of new values mm. and being part of what uh, what the my friends program's about yeah well the, you know what i love is uh it's the simplicity of, of the life we could get it in two minutes on the radio we could we could share it but we we we've slowed it down over three months so in communities they can really learn to live it out and and I love what God does because, you know, one of our guys, Cam, uh, he was there for the first bit. We're just talking about love, pray, and care and how that looks practically. As he's looking at his life thinking, well, who do I know that doesn't know Jesus? Uh, he, he feels like God's Spirit says to him, start praying for your basketball team because we get them praying about specific people and places. So he thinks, well, the whole team, and he says, I'm not sure if this is of God, but he said the whole team. Well, we said, look, if that's what you got, start praying about it. Let's see what happens. The following week, he uh, he ends up finding out uh, that a mate from his basketball team, he doesn't know Jesus, has just started living with a mate from his cricket team 
who does know Jesus. He just got to know Jesus. And so now they're both living at this same place. And so he's like, oh, so that's who I'm meant to pray for. And then he went on to, um, you know, start to try and connect with them and, and help this guy get around God's story in their house. So that was really cool. The same guy, a couple of months later, as he's kind of learning and living this way, he'd, he'd been praying for a, a girl at his workplace. He's a, a young professional. Um, and he, he's been a Christian about three years, Cam, Cam this guy, and he, uh, he starts praying for this girl. Anyway, she ends up uh, having something happen in life. He gets to pray with her. Uh, she experiences Jesus, and then she wants to connect with him. And so he ends up, in a couple of weeks, leading her to Jesus, and they start this little kind of discovery Bible, uh, learn God's story at work during their lunch break. And current story now, because it's still unfolding, but they're, they're looking this year to see that group get bigger with others that are interested in knowing Jesus. So it's just really exciting because it wasn't complicated, but it was just this shift of intentionality, availability, and then kind of a vision to see, okay, well, God's heart is for these people. I can trust that and go for it. So that was a great encouragement for Cam and, and for us to go, yeah, wow, love his story. Well, what I love about what you're saying is that it's not sophisticated at all insofar as when you talk about a change of values, a change of the way you think about living your Christian life, and you're telling the story there of young Christians, uh, people who uh, are not uh, conditioned over decades uh, in church churchianity in that sense you've got this sort of uh, you've got this sort of young christians uh, and helping to shape their values so that they ultimately as they live for jesus stuff will happen around them things that are mm. happening because god is making those things happen yeah yeah uh, and and when they're in partnership kind of with their local church context in that in that grounding it's not a disconnected it's almost a release for them and what I love is that when people come into faith in that context, then, you know, it's, you don't have to be taught how to love and pray intentionally and care and then share your experiences with Jesus. And if you're in that culture and that's just the way you live, then that's how you're going to live. That's, you know what I mean? So that's what I love, too, is it can be something that can be re- reproduced and multiplied uh, naturally. Um, and that's that's really one of the... One of, kind of our hearts as well is to see multiplying groups of new believers happening uh, you know in partnership with what God's doing across his, his people uh, let's take this a little bit deeper because as you start to share that sort of thing uh, I'm sure listeners get the idea where this can head because from the individual who has a change in values to the formation of that small group all of a sudden getting around the Bible and saying what are we doing here and uh, we want to know Jesus and and we want to live for Jesus and others are being connected to them uh, eventually you've got this whole issue of having a group and then reproducing the groups ultimately then reproducing churches because mm. power to change is all about all of these different dimensions at all of these levels from the simplest through to some more sophisticated uh, although we're trying to not talk about it not being so sophisticated but just like mm. an organic growth that actually comes right up to the planting of churches as well mm. yeah yeah that's that's right i think it's interesting because uh, often uh, I think we've got this bracket. We kind of look at it like a funnel where, where there's people that are really called and passionate about church planting and, and often they'll go into communities and find, you know, people that are soft and responsive to God, people of peace, and look to form friendships and start groups around there. And that, we've kind of gone, that's a, that's a really great space. There's some great people doing great things in that space. But then 
uh, what, what about the everyday person uh, who, and their spaces of life? You know, could they possibly see almost church planning, but just this way of life where they see groups forming uh, and some of them might become church planners. Some of them might just, you know, engage as part of local churches and, uh, and be seeing groups of new believers forming in their life, which, praise God, uh, we could see some real change across Australia. So, you know, when I look at um, one of my favourite stats that came out of McCrindle's was that um, four in five Aussies know two or more Christians. And, um, and I find that really interesting, 78% of Aussies, which means, you know, the majority of people know a Christian. So if those Christians in those spaces of schools or unis or cafes or wherever people are doing life, workplaces, then uh, if they're living this way, we could actually see you know, real communities changing and meeting Jesus all over the place. So it comes back to what we're asking listeners to make a comment on on Facebook. Uh, this whole idea of uh, of what it looks like to live like Jesus today. Mm. So we're talking a, a whole set of values. We're talking a lifestyle. And uh, we can talk some more about uh, lifestyle issues. In fact, lifestyle is an important word, I think, isn't it? When uh, when we're talking about the my friend's idea, uh, a lifestyle. Mm. But there are lifestyle changes that come, and they come they come because of the values changes. Is that the way it, it sort of works naturally or organically? Yeah, I think you framed it real well there, Neil. Yeah, definitely. Okay, one eight hundred. One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen for uh, for those who would like to participate in our conversation, and what does it look like for a Christian to live like Jesus today? Just a couple of minutes out from the news, Ryan. Uh, when we talk about being a Christian today, uh, living like Jesus today sometimes can be a little bit different to what the you know the sort of typical image might be. What are your thoughts on the idea of living like Jesus, different to perhaps the way you've been living your life going to church? That's a great question, and um, I think it's it's really easy. Like you go to church and even do a Bible study. Um, and but then just live every other kind of dimension of life without realizing he's right there in the midst of it in the everyday smallest moments as well as the the big kind of big moments and i think we have a often kind of habit to just go to him on the big moments but actually knowing the presence of god the spirit of god is at work in those everyday moments and and learning to see you know god at work when i'm washing the dishes or when i'm driving my car or talking with people or just these, these littler things uh, and, and learning to listen. Okay, what's God saying? What's he doing in this? As he brings truth up um, from his word because we're living from that place where he can do that. Uh, that changes everything. It's a whole of life uh, way with Jesus. And Ryan, uh, Serena's joining us in the conversation. Uh, let me just uh, say hi to you, Serena. Hi, how are you? I'm very well. Serena, you and Ryan both heading this up and uh, an important uh, engagement for a team working here and uh, you're largely keeping some level of home fires burning uh, in so far as your base there in Melbourne and uh, you've done some travelling too but Ryan's the primary one who's doing the travelling. Uh, Ryan, you've got some travelling that's uh, just ahead but uh, so far as your outfit there with uh, power to change in Melbourne uh, Serena, give us a quick insight into the sort of things that you're doing with people around your local community. Yeah, well, we just moved to Melbourne um, officially in January. Um, it's only like we've only been here sort of just over a month. So, yeah, we're starting to find our feet. And, and in terms of what uh, my role is here in Melbourne, um, 
it's it's really um, just engaging in our community around us with trying to and engaging with churches, just chatting to people, seeing um, at the moment because we've just moved, so seeing um, having conversations, seeing where people are at spiritually, seeing if um, if our my friends training could help them, and um, if we could plug them into our training and, and see their, them live a lifestyle of um, sharing Jesus with their friends and, and family. So, yeah, my, my role at the moment is kind of um, just sort of setting up foundations for that. Um, okay, well, uh, I wasn't aware that you'd only actually just moved into Melbourne yeah. over the past yeah. month. You are still on just finding your feet there. Ryan, yes. you've been doing the lion's share of travelling. Uh, on your way to Queensland in the next little while uh, and uh, also working with communities in Tasmania and uh, some doors opening in Sydney. Uh, what are you likely to do when you visit Queensland and uh, bringing the My Friends idea to uh, to people in Queensland? Yeah, Neil, well, our heart is really... Um, we just want to know where's got it working and who is drawing together to engage at this point. Uh, and be willing to kind of reshape lifestyle in these ways around Jesus. So once we kind of identify, okay, who's willing to go on that journey uh, and gather together from a few different churches or groups, so it's kind of a kingdom expression of growth and learning, um, then we kind of just first frame it. You know, we go in the first round. We look at it in like rounds of life. So it's over three months. The first round is just love, pray, and care. And we look to go, well, the alignment of those things, what does it look like to be loved by God so that it sends you into the world that you're in? What does it look like to be sent where you're intentional in, in praying and, and showing care and taking the opportunities as God opens them as you become more intentional and more kind of prayer-focused um, to, to share Jesus and, and then help the person you've shared with connect with him? So we kind of we, we do it's kind of dig into these basic principles or values uh, and then they're applied over the the following month so it's uh, in community as well so people are starting to really reshape kind of thinking and experiences around uh, that that basic training interestingly when we think of serving God or being like Jesus uh, we think of the way we're going to do something to serve God and be like Jesus but when you talk about a framework and as we talk about a different way to think about my friends a different way to think about discipling uh, you've got a framework that starts with love but it's not necessarily our love for him but it's his love for us. How does that work when you talk about, you know, rearranging the way you think about things? This is quite a significant one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And Serene, jump in at any point um, with this one because I think for so long in my life, I lived, I experienced the love of God. It changed me. It changed me to, to want others to know it. But then I, a lot of it, I thought my love for God would, would put me out there uh, sharing Jesus in schools or in different places. And sometimes it got real draining because I wasn't being kind of moved with his love for me and, and how that flowed through me then through, through what, you know, God was doing. And I feel like that's such an important realignment to go, you know, it's not my love for him that moves me, it's his love for me. And it's his spirit that reveals that love in Christ that then motivates me and gives me um, the heart to those around me. And kind of one of the key things for us, we look at kind of Acts 2.39, which after... Uh, Acts 2.38, Peter says to this crowd who are kind of like convicted, he says, you know, repent of your sins and believe in Jesus, be baptized in him. And then he says, this promise is for you, 
for your family, this promise of the Holy Spirit, sorry, is for you, your family, and many who are far off. And so we kind of start there that, you know, it's, it's his promise starts like it's for you. He really loves you. And then it moves through you to your family. He doesn't just see you. He sees your family. He loves them and his desire is that they know him. And then your friends and those that are far off, uh, you know, that that's his heart. We can trust his heart and know that that's what he can do through our lives. But realign with his love first. Don't uh, go off in, in our own strength because that's our tendency, right? And Serena, what are your thoughts on this whole issue of love and uh, and how that is our motivation? But sometimes we come at that love from a different place. Yeah, you know, I think like we, we often forget um, the Father's love and his heart for us. And part of our first round of micro training involves just, just realigning our hearts with his love remembering what it says about about how much he loves us in, in Scripture. And as Ryan mentioned, the Acts 2, 38, 39 um, verse. And, and we we also show a Father's Heart YouTube clip, which just, um, just goes through all all Scripture um, from beginning to end and, and those promises and those, those verses about how much he loves us. Because really it's, it's his love that we have to rely on to, to reach our friends and family mm. more than our own strength. Okay, let's come to some of these areas of uh, the practicalities here of uh, what happens when you've got a changed dimension, a changed foundation, these values that are changing in our lives as Christian believers as we think about how we actually are Christians and uh, as we were saying, what does it look like to live like Jesus today? There's a slight difference to what some people will be thinking of what it is to live like Jesus. When you talk about those, those three things like love, praying and care i mean these sound simple but and yet these are quite profound uh, your thoughts ryan on love praying and care and when you're training people to do that what does it look like yeah uh great question i think i think to be honest with you i think churches uh and it came up in the stats from mccrindle too but churches are really effective at caring like that's one of the biggest words that are spoken uh about people that don't know Jesus say about Christians, they're, they're quite caring or kind or loving, you know. And, and so I think there's a real strength. But I think that the key in, in that kind of framework is, yeah, moved by the love of God uh, as a father for us and then through us for those around us. But it's also the intentionality that comes. Like when we start to really, uh, when we talk about pray, we get really specific about people and places that you're at work at or, or doing life at with people that don't know Jesus and, and where is God at work in their life. So helping kind of help people see, okay, God's at work there. How do you know he's at work? What does that look like? Um, and, and take the opportunities then in that context to care for people and to love on people, knowing that when you're doing that in partnership with, with the Holy Spirit, because he's the one showing you where he's at work, you'll actually get so many opportunities to just naturally share Jesus. It may not be your testimony straight away. It may not be the gospel straight away, but how many times in our life, or you, you know, think about, you have stories where Jesus turned up or, or something happened that you know that was him, uh, you can share that so people can see he's living and alive and at work in everyday life, not just the big moments. So um, that's kind of part of the first bit. But we don't stop there. We kind of go, you know what? The vision is beyond that. God's heart isn't just there. It's for groups of people. It's for friends. It's for family. It's for groups that don't yet know him. Um, so live that way, but don't just stop there. Let's see it become what it could be. Um, yeah, I can imagine listeners to our conversation today thinking this sounds a little bit too simple. 
you know, I was hoping to hear Thank something God. sophisticated. <laughs> but actually, this, the, uh, the profound nature of these simple things is what a mission lifestyle is about, isn't it? And, uh, and you're actually wanting to change people's uh, lifestyle uh, to a mission lifestyle. And it's different to what you might try and make it complicated with. I mean, sometimes we tr- we think of it as more complicated, but when we think of mission, mm. we're thinking of God's mission, and actually it's not quite as complicated as people think, but uh, somehow or other our thinking can be distorted in some ways. So adjusting and shifting to a lifestyle mm. of mission is what you guys do. Uh, Serena, is that the way you think of it? You're just helping people to shift and uh, to think not just about themselves and their own insular community, but mm. actually changing that community into a lifestyle of mission and reaching out. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally think it, it has to be simple. And if it's not simple and transferable, then we're not going to do it. Like easily, you know, we could speed this up. We could teach, as you said, it's a simple process and it sounds too simple. Um, and we could teach it in one day. Um, but the reason why we do My Friends over uh, four sessions, over four months, and is we slow it right down so then people can just grasp the concepts quickly, start living in it straight away, um, start practicing it, and then when they see results, I'll be sharing that because it's it's happening, it's real, and they're seeing results quickly, And but they're not trying to rush ahead and go, well, I've got to get to the end, I've got to form a group, I've got to see people saved. It's just like, let's just slow it down, let's let's get these basics and, and, and see how God can do through these first. Okay, and when we talk about those practical things, Ryan, the idea Mm. of praying for a friend, uh, you actually like to teach people how to pray for your friend because is there a right way and is there a wrong way? I mean, we're talking about praying for your friend with your friend, I imagine. Uh, It's not just Mm. about praying for someone uh, while you're having a devotion each day, but it's a matter of uh, what you do when you're actually beginning to pray with your friend because something uh, profound is happening in their lives when you get to that point. How do you Mm. actually encourage people about praying for friends? Uh, Yeah, well, I think in some ways, again, it's a bit of a fear thing. I I think we get this idea because maybe we're too super spiritual or something that... We need to have these great prayers with great words and we watch and listen to people that are uh, ministers and, and other leaders on podcasts and think, oh, wow, it's a good prayer. And they are. They're great. They're right hearts. But we forget Jesus said, look, it's, it's not the, the many uh, big words. It's the honest heart. And that's really it. Like, uh, and, and engaging with God, you know, not just formally, but informally throughout the days, uh, being intentional as in we, we get real practical, like name the people that you're at work in. And it's, it's not new stuff because there's a lot of great, you know, church planting material. A lot of this has kind of come out of that for the everyday person. But it's, it's just simple stuff like grab your phone, put their name in, start praying for them every day. Um, you know, set your reminders and start, you know, getting when you're about to connect with them, tell your, your friends that you're in small group with, uh, that you're about to connect with them and trust that God's going to open opportunities, hopefully to um, to share something or to pray with them so they experience Jesus because he's not far away from them, you know, he's, he's close. And I love that. It's just realigning kind of the simplicity of that way of life that Jesus really did model uh, enough for a kid to live. And that's kind of it. You know, if my kids can't live, you know, in this way of life, and uh, then, then how, you know, if, if a kid can't do it, then we're, we're missing something. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson, a biblical perspective on life. 
Culture and current events. Ryan Sharing and Serena, his wife, they head up My Friends Training nationally as part of Power to Change's church movements team. Uh, we've got Ryan and Serena with us. Uh, let me just, we've only got a few minutes left in our conversation. But Serena, let me ask you about yours and Ryan's story because as we talk about these changing values, uh, you guys are heading up the team. Uh, we should hear your story. Uh, what sort of things have, have changed with you and Ryan to bring you to a point where now you're actually leading this part of this uh, church movement? Sure, yeah. We, we, we came out of a contemporary church, um, like a Baptist church background, and we got great foundations there and, and grew a lot in our, in our faith and in our understanding of the Bible. But um, I think in living a lifestyle of mission, we, we after, after we left that church, we planted a church, um, a house church in Western Sydney and um, in, a, in a kind of rough area called Mount Druitt. And it, it, was a, um, it was a very challenging and eye-opening experience for us. And I guess what we, what we found was... Um, Living this lifestyle of mission, people, churches would send um, evangelists to do this kind of thing and, and then report back and, and share their stories. But what we found that we were just looking for is what, what kind of, how can we train people, just everyday Christians, to live this kind of life? You don't have to have a gift in evangelism. You don't have to um, have uh, a crazy mission heart or been overseas and, and been a missionary um, in Africa or something. Uh, those things are all wonderful, but we were just we were looking at something that could be easily learned by the everyday Christian and who could just take this on, live it in their life, and see their, the people they care about most who don't know Jesus come into relationship with Him, where it wasn't this strange mystical thing that you have to have, you know, crazy spiritual gifts in, or um, you have to know all the right words to say. It was just kind of how do we break this down to make it something super relatable. Um, where people don't feel afraid to share Jesus with their friends and family. Those are great thoughts. Let's take a call. Solomon is on the line from Sydney. Hello, Solomon. Welcome along. Yeah, g'day, uh, Neil. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, just wanting to uh, uh, ask a question and then uh, make a comment. Uh, if not, also pray for Ryan and, Ser- and Serena. Uh, my comment is... Uh, it's to do with the uh, availability of uh, resource uh, when you're approaching friends uh, right then. Then we uh, we're dealing with uh, people who are IT friendly, you know, who are, who know the IT stuff, and, and things are available in uh, phones and iPads and so forth. Mm. What what is the resource available to them right then then? because uh, this is what uh, the experience are. Okay, Solomon, let's get a response from Ryan so far as, uh, you know, how you're intending to extend this idea of my friends and uh, what sort of online capacity to link networks have you got? Any response for Solomon? Great name, Solomon. Love it. The wise man with wise questions indeed. Um, Yeah, look, I think part of my friends, uh, we kind of first got exposure of was. Uh, birthed in Queensland, uh, sorry, not Queensland, uh, in Switzerland. They're very similar, those two states. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, we, we, so it's kind of evolving, if, if I can put it simply. So we use a lot of kind of this media, gospel media stuff, 
um, in terms of how to share the gospel or great little kind of typographies or other things that we, we have in there that you can use when you're talking with people or engaging on different levels of, you know, students or unis or whatever. So there's a lot of that stuff there which, which we use. In terms of what we have, uh, it's very much more relationally kind of focused and based. And as we go forward, we can then develop uh, resources needed around what God's doing and forming with uh, the people that engage. Our hearts to raise up coaches and facilitators, you know, in all local areas so that as people live it, they can then release it across other communities too. So, yeah, that, that's something that will be evolving. I hope that answers your question. Okay. Solomon, and you were saying you'd like to pray for uh, Ryan and Serena, but I'll, I'll hold you back there because I wanted actually to have Ryan pray for listeners today. Uh, so I'll thank you so much for your contribution today, Solomon. Uh, wonderful to have you call through on our talkback line. But we're running out of time, so just a couple of minutes remaining in our conversation. Uh, you were wanting to pray for listeners, and I think that's a good thing. And so, uh, Ryan, why don't we just take a moment uh, to hear uh, your prayer for listeners about these changing values, about living a life uh, which is like Jesus today. Uh, why don't you lead us, Ryan? Yeah, Father, we just love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love you and we honour you. And we just thank you that you are always uh, bringing life and hope and freedom into us. Oh, thank you for Solomon. Bless his day. Thank you for him, Father. I want to pray for every uh, every person that's been a part of this conversation, uh, listening and responding, that you would align our hearts uh, with yours, Father, and your heart for the lost and those around us that don't know you. I ask that you would fill us with an awareness of you, Holy Spirit, so we can see where you're at work and where you're drawing people to Jesus and give us confidence to be ourselves and to trust in in the, the simplest things that you've already given us so that we can actually be available to you around us. And we can see friends and family and those that are yet to become friends and family meet you. Jesus, we pray for our nation that we could see communities across this nation know you. We could see our nation transformed under your name, Jesus, and bring honour to you. You're so worthy and we love you and thank you for the time you've given us. Help us use it well uh, and just in line with uh, everything that matters most to you. Amen. Uh, Ryan sharing and and uh, Serena too uh, just appreciate the both of you because I can really hear your heartbeat it is all about Jesus and as we live our lives like Jesus today he's the one who creates the opportunities uh, mm, all we do on. to try and force things uh, by special programs and even our strategic planning uh, sometimes gets in the way of what God is wanting to do and as you say live like Jesus and the opportunities will come uh, sounds so simple and yet is so profound uh, you're heading to uh, Queensland in the not too distant future I'm sure there'll be some dates on your websites powertochange.org.au uh, or on movementbuilders.com.au uh, you're also dealing with uh, all sorts of growth there in Victoria uh, you're working with Tasmania and uh, you've also got a door or two opening in Sydney in the next little while and I'm sure we're going to be talking again another day about just how things are going with my friends. So encouragement to listeners, powertochange.org.au and movementbuilders.com.au uh, to Ryan and Serena Sharing. Thank you so much for the two of you joining us today on 2020. Thanks. Fantastic. 
Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.